I feel like, you know, someone with my skill set and my knowledge should be making more money. And that's not particular to Skylight. I just think it's like with the industry, you know, as a whole, like, I don't know who's making the money. Hello and welcome to Here in L.A., Los Feliz edition. Today we chat with Elisa Garcia, who works at Skylight Books, one of the most popular and beloved bookstores in all of L.A. We talk about where she used to work in Santa Monica, how Amazon has changed the game, Morrissey is listening to audiobooks cheating, and we even delve into something a little different. I asked her questions posed by you, the listener. So cuddle up with your bookstore cat and enjoy this lovely discussion with Elisa Garcia. Okay, so Skylight Books is where you work. This is, yes. How long have you worked there? It'll be four years, actually in January. I'm so happy that you're talking with me today then. Yeah. I just wrote an email to Skylight. Right. And I said, this is my show. You've probably none of you have heard of it. Uh-huh. Does anybody want to do this? Mm-hmm. And what, did they forward it to everybody? Yeah, they forwarded it. They sent it out. They sent it out? Yeah. And you wrote me back. Yes. And we almost didn't do this because we both forgot that today was Halloween. Correct. Which is dating this. Maybe Jordan can edit that out. But whatever. Who cares? Yes. It's true. It's part of the story. Mm-hmm. And so we're going to have to try to keep this short so that you can trick or treat with your nephews. Yes. Okay, so you've been there for four years. Is Skylight just perfectly situated within Los Feliz? Is, isn't Los Feliz like the perfect place for a bookstore like that? It truly is. And I think that's part, a significant reason why Skylight is still uh, around and thriving at this moment in time. It is thriving. It is. I'm so happy to hear that. It is. Because it's loved. Even, even I mean, again, I have a ton of books. I do. I was a poetry major. I mean, okay. like, I, love, I love books. Okay. And if you gave me a pill today and, and said, this is what you do to read a damn book, um, I would do it. I listen to a lot of books on I tape. I was just going to say, that's my next question. I love books on tape. Audiobooks count as reading. I don't care what they do? any... Yes. I don't care what anybody says. Do you sell them there? Uh, we have a program with Libro FM, which is an alternative to some other things that I'm not even going to I think I subscribe say. to that other thing, but I would rather do whatever you want me to, Elisa. The other thing... <laughs> Oftentimes has exclusives because they are a big corporation. I don't care about those. Um, but Libro FM actually allows you to purchase an audiobook and the money goes to an independent bookseller of your choice. I am so happy we said this. Yes. I want you, Skylight to be my choice. Yeah, then you can go on your internet or whatever your app. It's Libro FM and support us. I love that. Mm-hmm. Yes. Done. Okay. Because, cause, like, um, I was recently reading. See, now I don't feel so stupid that you consider that part of... Because I do feel but stupid. Why, but why wouldn't you consider that reading? You're consuming literature. I am consuming. Right. It takes a long time. It do, That's an audio... When I look at it, I was like, do I? does it take me this long to read a book? It's... Oh, it'll take me forever. Okay. But here's, here's the crazy thing about audiobooks for me. Like, Morrissey's autobiography was just so well written that I bought the book. Okay. Because as the as the man in, in that case was reading the book, it still goes kind of fast. Right. And I do appreciate a well-structured sentence and vocabulary 
And Morrissey is a very interesting topic. I could do a whole show with you solely <laughs> on Morrissey and how the man has broke my heart. But I think that happens with rock and rollers. It's gosh, it's so tough. I feel like, yeah, it's like I, I grew up officially when I was like not going to the Morrissey concert anymore ever again. Okay, let's talk about that then. Because isn't there something unique about uh, Latinos, Latinas, L.A., and Morrissey? Okay, I have answered this question publicly so many times. Oh, I'm sorry. No, it's because it's real. I'm a basic bitch. I'm sorry. You are not. I, it's You live in L.A. And, you know, Morrissey totally panders to the Mexicans and the Latinos and, you know, the Los Angeles. And he lived here for a very long time, right? He lived in West Hollywood, according to his book. Okay. They said he went to House of Pies all the time. I never saw him. I would have lost my mind. Why would he go there? I don't know. The food's not great. <laughs> right? Hey, hey, it's a local business. It is. The pies are great. <laughs> the pies are great. The pies are fantastic. Go for the pies. And we're, we're heading to holiday season. I always get a couple Dutch apple pies okay. for the holiday parties. Uh-huh. I did not know that he, he went there. Yeah. Legend <sighs> has it. Urban legend, Los also, Feliz. Also, as a vegan, he's only... He's only eating the pies, right? I would imagine. I but mean, there's eggs in those oatmeal. I don't know. Oh, look at you! Maybe he's not vegan. Did you like his book? I, you know what? I have it, and I didn't read it because you're heartbroken. Because I'm heartbroken by Morrissey. Yes. Because of his politics. Yes. Mm, I know. I know. So, the compromise is, is that we cannot mutually throw Johnny Marr under the bus. Of course not. So the Smiths we can listen to. Okay. And if the Smiths ever reunite, <laughs> let's say on this podcast that we're going to buy tickets and we're going to go. Of course. <laughs> but as, you know, Morrissey, solo at the Staples Center or, you know, wherever he's going to be, no. I'm not giving that man any more money. Uh, I'm not going to reveal your age, but you're in your 40s. Born mm-hmm. uh, in the 70s. We can say that. Okay. Yeah. Would you go to Coachella to see the Smiths reunion? Ooh. If that was the only place. Yes. I have been, I went to Coachella actually to see Morrissey. Really? That was the night he complained about the stench of hamburgers and burning flesh. That was really true? That was very true. I was there. Wow. Yeah. I, I, I've only seen him once at Staples Center. Okay. And I was surprised when he did the vivisection uh, video. Okay. I was not expecting that. <laughs> I don't know why. It's kind of punk rock. I guess it's the right thing to do if you truly believe in it. But Right. I mean... Well, you know, he also, I don't want to waste too much time on Morrissey, but the other thing that drove me nuts (laughs) is that he made that shirt with James Baldwin with the lyrics that said, uh, I wear black on the outside because black is how I feel on the inside. And that is not cool to you? That is not cool to me. I was just like, what? What are you doing? Please stop. I mean, he's, he's a, he's, I, I don't want to say a rock star, but he is, I think that's what happens with like, crazy fame right you kind of lose your mind a little bit i think so and i think it's okay in rock and roll i'm okay with it in rock and roll i mean yeah i mean and and it's very simple you know like i don't get on the internet or troll people or whatever i just like i said like for myself i'm still gonna listen to the albums that i have but you know i'm just i'm just making a choice because you know we live in a society unfortunately where like one of the most impactful things we can do is like spend our money a certain place or withhold it from other places. It sucks, but it's 100% true. Perfect segue. Back to your bookstore. Yes. I want to give that bookstore money. Jeff Bezos does not need the money. Does not. And 
I mean, to be fair, he has done some good things with um, being able to expand this variety of, of books that your average guy in Iowa could have. Mm-hmm. But here we are in L.A., mm-hmm. and I feel like it's kind of destroyed the bookstore scene here. It, it completely has. So we've already established that I was born in the 70s, mm-hmm. <laughs> and my resume is a very sad obituary, obituary to all the great bookstores in Los Angeles. I worked at Midnight Special in San Jose. You did? Yes. I worked there. Yes, it's a magical place. It's like... Well, you must have been like 20 years old, though. Yeah, it was, it was when I was in college. Did you... Uh, Santa Monica College? No, UCLA. Oh my goodness. Yes. You're living the life. (laughs) Right? Yeah. Yeah, it's, I... How did you get that job so young? They hired me that, I mean, it was just an amazing place, you know? And I walked in there and it's almost like a dream. Like when I think about the fact that that place existed for so long and the history and the people that I worked with and I think... This is one of the the main benefits uh, in working in a bookstore is your coworkers. Mm-hmm. The most intelligent, kind, awkward, weird, funny people that you'll ever meet in life are, are going to work at a at a bookstore, you know. <laughs> and so yeah, I worked at Midnight Special at two different points in my life. I worked there when um, I was in college. And then I went back there after I had um, my second child. And then um, I was there for a while, but the commute was just too much because I was living in Highland Park at the time. Oh, my God. But I really loved the space, and they really loved me. And um, and then there on 3rd Street, it was, at that time, it wasn't so much the internet. It was the big box stores like Barnes & Nobles and Borders. I forgot about Borders yeah. was there. It doesn't even seem fair to lease to those guys with right. Midnight Special there. Like, right. I mean, I can understand Barnes & Noble because it's so huge. Mm-hmm. And I guess they can offer a coffee shop and all these magazines. But you guys had magazines. We do. I don't know if I... I mean, I wouldn't have done that to you. I mean, the thing is, is that I don't believe in shaming people. Even like with Amazon, books are expensive, and if you love to read and you don't make a living wage in Los Angeles, I can totally understand why you would shop online. Right. And a lot of people wouldn't be able to read, but that's a bigger question that the industry needs to reckon with and figure out because books are going to last forever. Bookstores, it's a different thing, you know? So Skylight's hanging in there. Yes, we are. How? Because of our staff, of course. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think the history of the store itself, it was, and I could be wrong, so I don't get in too much trouble, but it was Chatterton's yeah. before. Mm-hmm. And then they went out of business, and I guess people in the neighborhood wanted to maintain the neighborhood bookstore. And we just celebrated our 25th anniversary this Saturday. Congratulations. Yes. Did you do anything special at the store? Um, we couldn't do the usual like champagne and cake and festivities. Um, so we just had a sale <laughs> and it was a big hit and we, you know, we got some new merch and, you know, we did, we did what we could and, um, people really responded to it. People really respond to the store. And I just think, um, 
it, it is it is just a, I keep saying it, but it's a very special place at a very unique period of time. And um, I'm hoping that little by little we hear of little bookstores opening up all over LA and I'm hoping that we're we're getting back into that phase because when I worked at Midnight Special there was like you couldn't throw you could throw a rock like in any direction and hit like an independent bookstore and yeah. now it's it's not like that at the moment. I was trying to be vague on my Twitter when I asked people, hey, I'm, I'm uh, interviewing uh, somebody from a, a beloved local bookstore, um, and I got guesses of just two. Oh, wow. <laughs> Yours and... Uh, Romans. No. No. Last bookstore. Oh, okay. Or Romans is... Uh, yeah, they're like over 100 years old. Wow. Yeah. So. Wow. So, oh, okay. So one of the things that I love about your store mm -hmm. is when you have uh, readings there. Yes. How often do you have readings there? Wow. Well, now, because of the pandemic, everything pretty much has been Zoom. Everybody's been doing that. So we have multiple book signings and readings in a day, which is insane. I, I was not aware of this. Yes. I need to go to your website. You need to go to the website. Skylightbooks.com. Mm -hmm. Simple as that. That easy. And do I have to pay anything to listen to these authors? No. no. So I, I listen, and if I really like them, I can come into the store and get an autographed copy. And nine times out of ten, not all of the, right now because of the way things are working, but generally we used to have about mm, six, four to six events, book signings, you know, a week. It's, it's really crazy. Um, and now what we're doing is that we just have not, we'll have like a zoom discussion with the author online and then the author will come in and, um, sign the book for people, but just like in and out. Right. So does that really drive sales? These autographs? I mean, it does generally. Um, and then we have like, you know, we just had, uh, a book signing with Angelina Jolie what? And Amnesty International. And that was like... Angie was in the neighborhood and did not knock on my door? She didn't. She was too busy signing books at Skylight. Sorry. What, what was that scene <laughs> like? Were you there? I was there, but um, if you've been to Skylight, we actually have two stores. Yep. We have the main store, and then we have the Arts Annex, which is 1814, just two doors down. And so I was working in 1814 that day. Do you do that often? You switch... Uh... Oh, yes. Because I love the Annex. Yeah. Can you tell the, the kids about the Annex? Well, the Annex is, um, our newsstand is located in the Annex. And anything art-related, uh, coffee table books, architecture, photography, music, humor, zines are all located in that. My good friend Ken Lane has mm -hmm. the Desert Oracle. Oh, yes. This used to be his apartment. What? He, we were friends. We sell so much of the Desert Oracle. Do you really? A ton. And he came out with the book, right? Yep. Yeah. And he did the signing with Skylight. You you know it all. I mean, I know a lot of cool things, but mostly just because I work in a cool place. And so I was looking for gifts mm -hmm. and I was like, oh, I'll buy a bunch of Desert Oracles for people. Nice. Good and, choice. Good choice. Uh, I forget the guy who was there, but the guy just like you was like, 
Oh my God. I love Ken Lane. Yeah. And it was probably Alex. Shout out to Alex. <laughs> what up, Alex? But I, I mean, not to pick favorites. Right. But I love the annex, I think, a little better. The annex stresses me the hell out. How come? Because people come in, it, you know, it's very interesting, and I don't mean this, I hope I don't sound negative. <laughs> but people confuse bookstore workers with like librarians and Google, you know? And, and it's just like, I love that people hold me in such high regard and they ask me the most vague question. And I'm, when I'm not able to produce, you know, like these books that you have in your mind that may or may not really exist in real life, it's stressful. And so I'm much more of like a, like a fiction, you know, a history type of gal. But um, yeah, when you work at Skylight, you work in both stores. Oh. So yeah, you got you to gotta get up to speed very quickly there. When I was a teen, I worked at a record store. Oh, me too. Which one? Music Plus. I worked at Liquor's Pizza. Oh, wow. Look some, at us. Some very old. <laughs> yes. But, um, so, okay. So, mm -hmm. is it like that where people would come in and say, okay, there's a song, it's really fast, and it's a girl singer. Where mm -hmm. is it? Exactly. Is that but, how it is with books Very similar. <laughs> but people push it even further. They're like, I came in last week, and it was a blue book with yellow letters, and it was right here. Oh, my God. And then when you can't figure it out, they get a little bit, this is the one thing, I'll just the one thing negative I'm going to say is that when people come into Skylight or probably any independent bookseller and they're like, oh, I guess I'll have to get it on Amazon. I really wanted to support you. You know, it's like. It hurts. It sucks. It's got to hurt. I don't, I don't understand why you got to put us in that position. Yeah. Like I, I think. People need to realize that when you're supporting an independent business, you are supporting like real people in real time that are, you know, getting paid decent wages. And, um, and also like with the supply chain issues that we're facing in the world. The, the, it's really affecting books too? It's a, I mean, it's affecting everything. I went to the Apple store yesterday and tried to buy something. But yeah, books are... Um, are one of the many things that are... I was not aware of that. Yeah. Wow. Like every Christmas, there's certain books that we run out of. But this year, they're just saying, you know, to, to shop early and, you know, just try to figure it out because we don't know what's going to happen. Okay. So instead of saying that nasty line that they right. say, sometimes you guys will say, we can order it for you. Absolutely. Yeah. How long on average does it take to receive it? Well... It's a two-part answer because we have two different warehouses that supply... Well, we order from, like, local warehouses, and then there's publishers, right? And so if it's in our local warehouse, it could take about three to five days. Okay. If it's coming from the secondary warehouse, it's five to seven. And then if it's a publisher, it could probably take about two weeks. Okay. So, again, if I'm buying Christmas gifts now, which is what you recommend... Right. Um, or start thinking of it at least. Right. Right. Uh, that doesn't seem crazy because I, I hate to say it, but sometimes Amazon takes that long too. You know, it's not crazy because nine times out of 10, the pushy person that's going to go to Amazon is going to buy that book and it's going to sit on their shelves unread for six to seven months. So why are you pressing me? Is that, is that the average? I mean, I just made it up. Am I? Because <laughs> again, I am the basic bitch. I do buy these books and never read them. Right. 
But I mean, that's the point is to have it and you know it's there. And then when you have the time or the mood strikes you, you know, yeah. I'm not pressuring people, but I know unless it's a gift, you know, but I, I don't understand with books in particular why people are in so kind of rude about I need it in three to five days. And I'm like, ma'am, racism is still going to exist in two weeks. You can wait for your book. What's the hottest book right now? Ooh, in our store, well, of course, Dune. This is Los Angeles. Everybody's reading those again. Everybody's reading Dune again. I only read the first one. Is that, is that flying off the shelves right now? It's flying off the shelves right now. Did they make a, a, a new version? Uh, Charles, our buyer, does not buy those. So if you're looking for Dune without Timothée Chalamet on the cover. But that's what I want. <laughs> okay, then we can order that for you. <laughs> Can you really? If you want the movie, maybe shout out to Zendaya. You know, you maybe want her on the cover of your book. Is that possible? I don't know because we don't have that cover, but we can. So Charles is just old school? Like, what would you call that? He's a traditionalist? Um, I mean, he's been the sole buyer of Skylight for, you know, since its existence pretty much. Odd that Charles didn't want to talk to me. He's busy, okay? Oh, good. <laughs> All right, fine. He's going to kick himself when he hears this. He will, yes. He's going to be like, boy, she was good. He blew it. He blew it, Charles. It's fine. I'm glad I'm talking to you. <laughs> Speaking of Trump. Mm-hmm. I bet you he sold a lot of books for you guys. Because um, I know I read a lot of like, kind of anti-Trump books right. while he was in office. And now there's a new one that I'm listening to. Okay. Um, which is really more about Biden. Okay. Um, uh, I, I'm, I'm ashamed I don't, I don't remember the title. We'll get to it well, in a second. But as you answer this know. question, I'll figure it out. Okay. Um, for it, question one, did Trump help political book sales while he was in office? Um, it's tough to say. I mean, because there are a lot of books that we don't have because we cater to uh, our immediate community and their reading tastes. You are so good at this. But <laughs> if you, if someone wanted a Trump book, I we or we would order it for you. I, I don't no mean problem. Trump book. I, I mean that there were Washington Post writers. There was a lot of anti Trump. Oh, the Trump is crazy books. There basically. was a book. Where some guy literally paid, offered to pay me like $300 for, because you know, like uh, with certain books, not all books, we have street smart dates. It's like in the, you know, in the record biz when a record comes out. Oh yeah. Right? Now they moved it to Fridays. Music comes out on Fridays. And so you can't sell this book or this record um, prior to the release date. Right. And so I, I remember there was a Trump related book. I can't quite remember. There were so many. There were so many. And I was like, oh, no, we don't have it. We have a bunch on order. I can order for you. He's like, well, I work for Newsweek. Or, I mean, I'm, I don't remember exactly. I don't want to throw anybody under, any journalist under the, the bus. But he was like, I'll pay you 350 if I could get it today. And I was like, sorry, bro. Like, can't help you. Is there a number that you would have gone for? I don't think so. I mean, it's, you're putting your job at risk. <laughs> Right? Yes. It's going to have to be like triple my annual salary. Right. Mr. Yeah. Reporter. Mr. Reporter. Come on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, okay. Peril is what I'm listening to right now. Oh, okay. Which, is it selling? 
I mean, to be honest, I don't think so. I'll tell you why. Why? All the juicy stuff that they talked about is in the introduction. Oh, okay. It was so weird. Okay. I was like, wow, look at all, like, even the introduction's great. And then I got to chapter one, I was like, oh, this is really about Biden? Mm -hmm. Okay, fine, whatever. I mean, it's interesting to hear how he wasn't a front runner and became one. I mean, that's why I like political books, because these reporters were on the, the trail with all these guys and ladies, and just telling you how it is. And, and my memory is so messed up right. that I forgot about all this stuff. Right. So it's nice to listen to that. Yeah. Um, well, let me... Um, let me pose some questions from the audience. Okay. This is a stressful part. Are you stressed? <laughs> a little you bit. Shouldn't be. You shouldn't be. Brenda asks. Hi, Brenda. What's your favorite little known book of all time? Ooh. Is that okay. a good question? That's a really nice question. Thank you, Brenda. Well, oh, this is so hard. And I, you know what? I knew I should have prepared. I was like, I should think of like. I'll tell you what mine is. It's Cruddy by Linda Berry. Oh. But that sounds really... Linda Berry sells very well at Skylight. I'm so glad to hear that. We always have that in stock. Guarantee you. Here's my only problem with that book. She has a map at the, at the, at the beginning. Okay. That tells the plot, basically. Okay. And, and so when I give it to friends, I'm like, ignore the, the map. Okay. Because I like to be surprised. Right. Don't you? I, I do. Right. I, <clears throat> excuse me. I really do. Yeah. I hate spoilers. Right. Right. So is there, I mean, I'm sure there's many. There is many. Um, I'm just, I guess I'm going to throw out, I was just talking about this book today. It's a classic, Mexican classic. It's called uh, Battles in the Desert. And um, it's one of my holiday picks because Skylight makes this amazing catalog where they do it at a lot of, like they do it at Amoeba and a lot of independent businesses, but we, um, each, each staffer chooses five books. It could be whatever you want. It could be an old book. It could be a new book. Just something that you think people would like. And, um, we put it all in the holiday catalog. And so you can probably pick that up probably in a few weeks at Skylight. I have a friend who I used to work with, Rosie, who has some questions for you too. Okay. And she basically said that she read, um, like a book every other day right. because she has quote unquote no life. She ended up with a boyfriend because she's wonderful, okay. but he really likes watching YouTube. So I don't think that their relationship has hindered her voracious reading, mm -hmm. but she doesn't go out and party. She's not going to soccer practices. Right. And I guess she lived close to work. So, and she just loves it. Yeah. I have a friend who's a mom of a young child, but Jolene has an hour lunch and she reads on her lunch break. I dream of having an hour lunch. You know, I work right. in retail, right? It's like 30 minutes is like, ugh. It takes you that long to open your app these days. But um, yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't think because you read a lot means you enjoy reading more or less. I think everyone has their own reasons for reading and we all enjoy it, you know. It is something, to, there, it is It's very different. personal. It's very personal, I think. But also reading the book is different than watching it on TV. Right, but I, I, love, I watch a lot of TV too, though. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm going to go home and watch Succession and Insecure. Oh, my God. I just caught up with Succession. Okay. And um, I really like it. Yeah. Such interesting characters. Yeah. Okay, so this was... Uh, so I asked Rosie, I said, tell me something cool and controversial in the, in the current book world mm -hmm. so that I don't seem stupid in front of you. Okay. And she said... The most controversial book that she read this year was Night Bitch. 
Oh, I didn't read it. It has a great cover, though. She said it's about a new mom who goes feral. Right. Yeah. But she did not like it. Okay. So I said... So I'm not going to read it. Shout out to Rosie. Oh, yeah. She's awesome. <laughs> totally awesome. Um, she said her favorite book, though, this year is called Crying in H Mart. That, that, when you asked me what the bestsellers are at Skylight, that has been number one at Skylight probably for the past three months now. So sometimes the bestsellers... Because different than being in a record store, mm-hmm. where the bestsellers are usually like, why? Right. Why? But in books, it's it's... For real. It's because they're great, right? Well, not necessarily because when I look at the New York Times bestseller list, it doesn't really rarely cross over with what our bestsellers at Skylight are. But I know Crying in H Mart is a phenomenon. I know that they're turning it into a movie or to a Netflix series. I would hope so, right? Right. Um, But yeah, I I have a signed copy that I need to read. Everybody loves it. Everybody oh. loves it, and I'm glad Rosie loved it, too. Rosie is a phenomenal person who I miss working next to very badly. Uh, okay. Uh, oh, Ben Welch of the LA Times oh. had an excellent question. Oh, my gosh, the pressure. And uh, <laughs> what is the most shoplifted book? Uh, Women Who Run With Wolves. <laughs> <laughs> you just knew that. Always missing. Why? Or some Brene Brown book. They they just get stolen <laughs> left and right. <laughs> I mean, I like Brene, but like, why would you steal it? Um, I don't know because you can't afford it. I don't oh, know. Are they expensive? I mean, books are expensive. I think. But okay, so your typical Brene Brown book is it more than twenty bucks? No. I mean. Do, do you guys have little? I can't go into the security situation at Skyline. I wish you would. But. <laughs> Okay, let me ask you this though. Uh, uh, Women who run with wolves is a is a mass market paperback size. So it's easy to stick in your. They pocket. have been going into people's pockets. <laughs> I would not expect that at your bookstore in Los Feliz, because mm-hmm. it's like kind of upper middle class, right? Your average person there has a few bucks. Yeah. The, yes. I'm not gonna like act like. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, compared to my neighborhood, right? It's. I would say doubly, uh, it, it's twice as affluent as, right. as we're, where we are right now in East Hollywood. Yes. Which, no shame, good. No, no, no. No right? shame whatsoever. And so, so, so maybe it's my neighbors that are going in there. <laughs> I mean, no. <laughs> Rich people like to steal. Like, this you, is facts. You, okay. I was in uh, Santa Barbara. <laughs> uh-huh. I almost every day watched our security people run out the door, grab a guy, bring him in. Once on my last day, mm-hmm. it was a guy in a wheelchair Ugh. who had just put a bunch of stuff under his blanket mm-hmm. and wheeled his way out and they pushed him back in. Right. Do you guys catch your, your thieves? I mean, I don't know if I could say All right. well, on the podcast, but I mean... Um, I thought it was exciting to watch people get caught. <laughs> and I was also I was also just shocked because it's like, this is... I mean, if you're stealing a book, though... Just save a few bo- dollars. Right. Do a GoFundMe. It'll right. take you five minutes. Yeah. Um, 
But go steal from Borders or Barnes and Noble. Oh my God, look at you. <laughs> um, but when people steal condoms, it's because they're embarrassed. Mm-hmm. Are the books that that get stolen there? Are they? So you're gay. Oh no, no, like no that no, kind no. of stuff. No, uh, uh-uh. uh. This is just people saying. Mm, yeah. I'm just gonna steal today. Wild women stealing. Uh, women who run loose walls. <laughs> Okay, so let's go to another question. Uh, well, you asked me this question. I'm going to scroll on my phone because I'm so embarrassed that I don't know the author of my favorite book that I just talked to, told okay. you about. Uh, Steve asks, what's the most popular book at your store during the pandemic? Well, um, this is an interesting question because, you know, um, George Floyd was murdered over the course of the pandemic and um, there was a huge um, push or awareness uh, around anti-racist books mm-hmm. and uh, a, a big push to, for people to educate themselves and read more um, black authors. Good. So, um, so we had just this, you know, really crazy thing where i mean we sell james baldwin we sell tony morrison these are like you know serious staples of our store um but well your window had a beautiful display of black authors doing the heat of black lives matter okay you don't remember i mean (laughs) i just feel like i you know i'm we do a very good job of representing a lot of different experiences and voices at Skylight. Um, and we could also always do better. But um, again, like, you know, Baldwin and Toni Morrison and Alice Walker and Angela Davis, these are all books that we always have in stock. And so it was very interesting to see um, this huge surge oh, of, really? of these books that we just, you know, like, again, like, you know how I said we had like 40 copies of Dune for like... <laughs> 45 years at Skylight and they were all gone in like a day. It was very similar to that experience. And then, you know, there was, you know, White Fragility and all these books um, just kind of like, I was reading and I'm going to not say it correctly. So forgive, I'm not a statistician or whatever, but SO1 Books, which is a black owned, historic black owned bookstore here in, in the city and is a gem. You should maybe interview them at some point. Esalon? Esowan. Esowan. Yeah. Okay. And I think they had said something um, to the effect that they made more in the summer, that summer of 2020, than they had in the entirety of 2019. Wow. And it's inspiring, but it's also infuriating because it's just like, you know, they've been here for years and years and have served the black community specifically and you know, people of color specifically in the city for years and years and years. And it just took, well, I'm not, you know, I'm not going to say that, but it it brought an awareness and it's just, I hope that people continue uh, to be inspired by their work and to support places like SOAN, you know, And, and it's unfortunate that these really tragic, horrible things are happening and it takes something so extreme like that for a black man to be murdered, for people to be like, oh, maybe I should read a book about police brutality or someone's reality other, mm-hmm. someone's experience other than my own. Yeah. So. Well, I think um, people who uh, visit local bookstores, 
want to... When they talk, they want to sound smart. And they want to... Well, they want to, they want to be educated. Mm-hmm. And so if they're going to talk about Black Lives Matter, they want to... There's more than just listening to NPR. Right. And reading the newspaper. Right. And a book can get into details that those others can't. Right. And so... Um, so I, I don't blame them for doing that because if they talked about these issues five years ago, it's like, you know, they'd be like, why are you so hung up on this? Right. Uh, black people have been screwed with forever. Right. Why do you care? Right. Well, now we're allowed to care. Right. It seems like. Yeah. I mean, I, I definitely, I don't want to discourage people. I don't want to sound negative in any way about people, you know, all of a sudden being inspired to learn about like a specific topic. Um, mm-hmm. The history of this country is not really taught in a very truthful or honest way. And so um, I don't want to discriminate against anyone. And I just, I, you know, it's never too late to try to, to learn more. And, you know, Skylight is definitely a place where we welcome that and encourage that, you know. And um, the best part of my job is that I learn new things every day from my customers or, you know, the people that I work with or even, you know, the book industry. Has, so has, so these, these customers will, will say, oh, there's this great book and you've never heard of it? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's and then re- they'll read it and be like, oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like, you know, similar to working like in a record store mm-hmm. or any place like or like a comic book store or, you know, even like, you know, you're, you're into whatever you're into and you meet someone and you, you know, you pass on something. So it's two-way street over there. Um, I've been a bookseller, geez, for about 26 years now. Wow. I went to school, and I had intended to be a librarian like my father, and I became a young mom, and then, you know, fell into bookselling, and it's been very good to me, but I feel like, you know, someone with my skill set and my knowledge should be making more money, and that's not particular to Skylight. I just think it's, like, with the industry, you know, as a whole, like, I don't know who's making the money, <laughs> you know, because books are expensive, but like authors aren't making a lot of money. You know, the people that sell the books aren't making a lot of money. So, huh. well, I mean, I follow Roxane Gay on Twitter. Mm-hmm. She seems to be doing OK. Well, but she's like Roxane Gay. Is, is she really a huge superstar? Oh, my gosh. She's like and she's a lovely person. She has um, been to Skylight several times while I worked there um, at the LA Times Festival of Books. She's just a lovely, intelligent, funny person. Just and she seems to be prolific too. Oh yeah, she's she's got comic books and like essays and like her novels, and so you know, she's done really well for herself. You and know, she writes essays in the New York Times, like- and she's always talking about other authors and you know she does a lot but she's just one person right you know and i feel like there are what about all the roxanne gays that we don't know about yet kim asks do you ever decide not to sell a book that is popular because it does not align with your own beliefs. Well, we, I don't order the books in the store. Like I said, that's Charles's job. And I think, you know, we're not Amazon. 
So, and we have a budget and we have to think again, we cater to our community, but we don't discriminate against anyone. There you go. So there was a book that I personally, it was a novel called American Dirt. And why does that sound so familiar? Because there was, there's a lot of, there was a lot around it. It was like, it was Oprah had chosen it for her book club and I felt, and a lot of people felt, that it was a very, very derogatory kind of portrayal of um, Mexico, narcos. It was just like, and it was, because it was like, the thing was, if they had marketed it like um, a Don Winslow book, that would have been fine. But when people started saying American Dirt was the grapes of wrath of our time, and it gets you to understand the Mexican experience, I was like, hell no. <laughs> Full stop. Was that your little postcard on top of the book? No, well, there was this huge discussion in the store about, like, you know, we don't want this in the store. Really? Yeah, I mean, not... And again, there was some people on staff that felt very strongly. Like, I was like, no, we don't need to carry it. If people want to order it, we will order it for them. Aha. Uh -huh. Make them wait five days. <laughs> Make them wait two weeks. <laughs> but on the other hand, you're a bookstore you got to sell. Exactly. And it was an Oprah book. So right. good it's, luck with that. It's going to sell. Yeah. So my whole thing was that, you know, when someone asked for it, I, of course, got it for them. Um, when they asked me about it, I was very measured and gave my honest opinion. I've read about a hundred pages of the book. So it wasn't like I just, you know, opened it and was like, this is trash. <laughs> but um, a Latino USA, which is a podcast, I think on NPR, um, did a really, really, really in-depth kind of uh, story around it, if anyone is interested in it. And it was great. But it was, it was a book that, you know, we did carry, but a lot of us felt like very strongly about, and that's the thing with, you know, libraries and bookstores is that you don't want to participate in censorship at yes, any time. Right. But at the same time, there are some very awful books out there, you know? And, and I'm sure if somebody asks your opinion, you'll, you'll tell oh, them the yeah. truth. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> right. But I don't, I don't offer it up and I would never shame anybody like i'm just not that type of person and i just think booksellers and librarians in general are not that way but we definitely have our own personal feelings which we're entitled to i think yeah what's hot right now sally rooney should I know her? She's a fiction writer. Um, she is incredibly popular with uh, Skylight readers and I think just readers uh, all over right now. Do you um, like her too? I do like her. She had uh, one of her books was called Normal People and they turned it into a Hulu series. Oh. Yeah. So did you she, like the series too? I did. Okay. I, I enjoyed it. And then Crying in H Mart. Uh, Michaela Cole. She um, is the writer, director, star of, um, what is it called? I, I May Destroy You? Oh. Yes. Uh, that was like one of my favorite shows ever of all time. It, it's, it's, an, it's an incredible series. You need to watch it. Are you coming back over here? If you don't mind. No, I don't. Okay. So she has a book of essays uh, called Misfits. 
mm-hmm. which I strongly recommend. And then a uh, shout out to Rosecrans Baldwin, his book called Everything Now, which is about Los Angeles. Um, which you might like. What? Maybe you should listen to it. Okay. Yeah, yeah. You have been fantastic. Oh, well, thank you. This has been wonderful. Is there anything that we left out that you want to tag on? I would like to say that um, Skylight has a booksellers union. We established our union this year. Uh, we are a part of CWA, and we are currently negotiating our contract with our management. Um, our management to- chose to voluntary voluntarily recognize our union when the workers declared there were one. So that is like a huge deal. That's really nice. And I think they're really trying to do right by us. And so um, you can shop at, you know, a union bookstore, which is even better. What do you hope comes out of it that you haven't already had over the last four years? Um, Well, I think, you know, a, a living wage. I mean, The thing that I would like to say, which is my little two cents, which nobody needs to listen to, is that I think oftentimes with bookstore workers, um, or just like the bookstore, I'm not talking specifically about my coworkers, but it's like in this industry, like we like to think we're like these very privileged people, you know, and in a large sense we are, because we get to work in this amazing like environment. And, but you know, we, we are retail workers and we need to stand in solidarity with other retail workers who perhaps don't um, work in such a nice environment such as ours. We work very, very hard. We have a very specific skill set. but um, I would like to see um, you know, bookstore workers stand in solidarity with you know, fast food workers and other retail workers. I know we were very vocal um, at work when um, Amazon was trying to unionize because they sell books. Mm-hmm. They're bookstores, you know, they, they're booksellers. Mm-hmm. Like I am a bookseller. And so I would really like there to be more solidarity and consideration around that. And I think there's power in that. And uh, we live in a very expensive city. And so I would really like to see Skylight, which is at the forefront of so many things, and you know they're doing it now by standing by us and choosing to recognize us. And I hope that they can kind of lead the way in what the future of bookselling can look like. I would like to see um, more people of color within our store and the book industry as a whole. Thank you so very they much. It was so nice to meet you. So nice meeting I you. I hope. I hope I did okay. <laughs> Fantastic. Thank you so much for having me. And thank you to everyone for their questions. I will be better prepared. Thank you, Elisa. Thank you. How great was Elisa? You know who else makes us happy to be alive? Our Patreons, who always have a great book recommendation for us. When you stoke us, you're saying, Tony, Jordan, here's a paperback. Oh my God, here's a bestseller in hardcover. Or, you know what? Here's a coffee table bad boy for you and you. Every buck you hand over helps us keep this insane project rolling. So shout out to our Patreons, Nancy Rommelman, Allie Miller, Sean Atlow, Matt Mills, Sean Wallace, Greg and Molly, Jamie Taylor, George Wright, Mark Johnson, Kira Ann, Barney Grinky, Ben Welch, Henry Furman, Jen Adams, and our lovely pal, The Lonely Chair. 
Want to hear your name at the end of next week's show? Go to patreon.com slash here in LA and give till it hurts. Also, shout out to our Angelinos. To be an Angelino, all you have to do is PayPal us 25 bucks or more and we will list you on the Here in LA website forever. You'll also be given a number to denote how early you got in to make this dream come alive. Angelino number one is Allie Miller. Number two, George Wright. Number three, Rita Joanne. Number four is Jason Sutter. Number five is Grant Houghton. And number six is Rob Baker. Just PayPal your, your big bucks to busblog at gmail.com. Want to support us, but you just got sentenced to 40 months in the hole? You can still help. Have your sister post your favorite episode on her Facebook page. Tweet something nice. Tell your friends. Tell all your friends. Tell them that here in LA is spelled with an A, which rhymes with Apple Podcasts. It does. And Spotify and Google Podcasts. Here in LA is produced by myself, Tony Pierce, and a man who's working on a tell-all to him himself, Jordan Katz. Editing, mixing by Jordan Katz. Songs by Orgone and Jordan Katz. Special thanks to Cindy for creating the logo, Jen for inspiring me to do this, and all the cool kids who give new books as gifts during the holidays. Stop, 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 st